This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good morning, everybody. This is a special episode of Horses in the Morning for Tuesday, May 29th, episode 1942. Well, while we're out enjoying nature in Alaska, we thought it would be fun to bring you a special episode today. This is something that Jemmy and I did for the Finding Florida podcast. We put out a a special episode of the Finding Florida podcast dedicated solely to one of the stops that we made in Tampa. And I thought it would be interesting to all of you because it involves animals. It was called the Big Cat Rescue. And if you ever go to Tampa and you are an animal lover, like I'm sure you are, must go to Big Cat Rescue at bigcatrescue.org. We hope you enjoy hearing about the cats. Hey guys, it is Jemmy and Glenn, and we are headed into... Where are we going? We're going to Big Cat Rescue. Woohoo! We're so excited! Welcome to Finding Florida, the podcast that takes you from country to the coast. Join your tour guides and unlikely pair, city girl Jemmy and country boy Glenn, as they explore the amazing sights and sounds of the Sunshine State. So we have our big river walk tour tomorrow. That is going to be our exciting seventh adventure. And now we're heading into Big Cat and... We are so excited. Everyone I've told that we're coming here is like super jealous. I don't know about you, but everybody I've told has been super jealous that we're coming to Big Cat today. What are you most excited to see today, Glenn? Lions, tigers? <laughs> All of the above. Big Cat Rescue is one of the largest accredited sanctuaries dedicated entirely to big cats. Situated on 67 acres in Tampa, Florida, we provide a permanent home for a variety of species of rescued exotic cats including tigers, lions, leopards, cougars, lynx, bobcats, servals, and more. So we are here at Big Cat Rescue with their PR director since 2011, Ms. Susan Bass. Thank you so much for having us here. We're about to start our tour. We are so excited. Yeah, we are. <laughs> hey, well, it's exciting to have you here. How long has this place been around? Big Cat Rescue actually started in early 1992, so we're in our 26th year now, although the early years were nothing like it is now. At this point, we have 70 acres and about 70, 75 big cats. How has it evolved over the years? It's evolved over the years. Initially, our founder, Carol Baskin, owned about 45 acres here. And this was before the mall, before the McDonald's, now kind of, you know, civilizations come around us, so it was in the middle of nowhere. And she never had any plans to start a sanctuary. She actually owned the land and went to an animal auction to get a couple llamas. I would say to greenbelt the property, free lawnmowers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a lot of people think that about llamas. <laughs> yeah. So while she was waiting for those to come up to bid, there was a young bobcat that was being auctioned off. And the man that owned it was holding it. It was terrified. It was crying out. And in the audience, the man next to Carol was actually bidding on the bobcat. And she was like, Asked him, you know, why are you bidding on a bobcat? Yeah, what are you going to do with Aren't that? Aren't they right. mean? Yeah. You know, what, what are you planning on doing? Probably not a good idea. What's going on? Yeah, <laughs> right. And he told her, I'm a taxidermist. Ooh. 
So yes, that's the exact. So she outbid the man. Oh, yes. And then went, what yes, do I do did. with the bobcat? Good for her. <laughs> good. You can tell the story. Here. You can tell the story. Now I can guess the story. Right, right, exactly. She made sure she was the, she was the highest bidder. I thought horses Sounds like, like that too. Sounds like the act now. later. Exactly. Came back and she named the young bobcat Winsong, and um, you know that kind of started the whole thing. Wow. Well, okay, but what do you do when you get home with a bobcat and go, okay, now what? Right. Well, <laughs> you these, build a sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> these, these days, you would Google what to, to do, do with, with a bobcat. Right, right, right. But you can't Not do that in 1992. No. Right. So the only people that Carol had to talk to were local people who actually were breeders of big cats. And they told her what turned out to be a bunch of lies, but she didn't know any better at the time. Oh. <laughs> They said, you know, you can uh, make a lot of money by selling them. And so she believed them and didn't know any better. But what bobcats do is they will sort of be loyal to one person. And Winsong was very loyal to Carol, but hated her husband at the time. Oops. Oh, yeah, boy. So. At so. the time, he's no longer around. <laughs> yeah, did Winsong that. fix that problem? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, but he wanted his own bobcat. Rather than say, oh, this is a bad idea, he just had to add to the situation. Yeah, the first one hates me. I'm sure the second one will love me. Uh, he wanted his own bobcat. So Carol, her husband, and Carol's daughter, they literally found, I don't know, somehow pre-internet, a place in Minnesota that was selling bobcat kittens. And they, when they got up there, they realized it was actually a fur farm. They had 56 bobcat and lynx kittens. Oh my gosh! She, she goes from having to deal with a taxidermist to that a fur mm-hmm. farm. <laughs> exactly. She's like, this must be a sign after sign. I'm I'm headed into my calling. I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> True. I know. She never had any idea. So again, she was horrified at the fact that the man told her that just a few of them would be sold as pets, and he was going to slaughter the rest of them for fur coats when they were a year old. I didn't so, even know they did that with bobcats, to be honest. Yeah, they, yeah. they do. And, uh, you know, and the lynx especially. Yeah, I knew about the lynx. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the thing, too, with the cats, which people don't realize, is if you're going to make a coat, they only use the belly fur. So to make a whole coat, it's like 30 or 40 coat. I mean, 30, 40 oh, wow. bobcats or lynx or whatever. It the is. reason is actually because that's the only sort of similar color on all bobcats uh, or all lynx. Everything else is They different. might have, yeah, they might be silver or they might be gray, but their tummies are usually pretty similar so you can make a whole coat so carol said to the man she said i will purchase all 56 of these bobcat and lynx kittens wow take them home with me if you promise to go out of business and you'll stop you'll stop doing it wow and she literally did that in 93 and 94 for all of the fur farms that she could find and shut them down in america there were no more in america and to this day (laughs) other than one that we think might be under the radar kind of um being a fur farm but there's no there's no real proof and they won't of course won't admit it we think that she's really closed them all down wow that is a woman jumping into the deep end mm-hmm. of the pool no yep, kidding a without a life vest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> started with one bobcat right how many animals are here oh yeah good question there's about 75 right now we have um generally we're the permanent home for cats once they get here they're going to live out the rest of their lives here once we've rescued them generally they come from horrible situations where they've been abandoned neglected abused are these starved. mostly people who have thought it was a great idea to get a lion and then discovered it wasn't it, that's or is it, it circuses or just a little bit of everything lately in the last few years it's primarily people that have uh, lost their usda exhibitor license or authorities have stepped in and confiscated the cats or they've gone under um, themselves and uh, not some some pets now but not as much as it used to be 
Um, but as I was saying before, we do um, rehab and release native Florida bo- wild bobcats that we get calls about that have hit, hit by a car or orphan bobcat kittens are found with no mother around for a few days. Mm-hmm. And so we do have a rehab section way in the back of the sanctuary so that those cats don't imprint and get used to people. Mm-hmm. And we will raise them, teach them how to hunt, and then release them back here in Florida. And you have all kinds of cats here. Yes, we do. We have everything from the big lions and tigers to small bobcats and ocelots. Most of these cats are in captivity because well, somebody thought it would be a good idea to have them as a pet or use them in a, as entertainment or in a circus or a zoo or such. That leads to the next question. Is it legal to own any wild animal? What's, what's, what are those, what's the law? Yeah, what are the guidelines with that? That's the problem. Is that there's where a, those USDA exhibitor licenses right, come into play? Yes, or? there's a whole patchwork of laws, which is why we're trying to actually pass right now, we being Big Cat Rescue, a federal bill called the Big Cat Public Safety Act, which is currently going through Congress right now, to actually stop the breeding of these cats for the most part, in captivity, because there's nowhere to release them so here in America. So I could own a tiger without a license? You'd have to have, well, it, it depends on what state you're in. Okay. There are about 30, 30 <laughs> state or so of states. denial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's about 30 states, including Florida, where technically it's illegal to own a big cat, like a lion or a tiger or a leopard or a jaguar. But there's an easy way to get around that, a loophole that was inadvertently you know, worked into the law back in the day that says if you have an exhibitor license, I'm a small roadside zoo. This is not my pet lion. I actually use this part of my livelihood. It's $40 to get the license and the hard questions are what's your name and your address. And nobody shows up to ever check. They show up about once a year. There's only about 100 USDA inspectors to inspect about 90,000 places throughout America, including labs, sanctuaries, zoos. Think about it. So, and the problem is, if a USDA inspector comes to your facility and maybe they see, you know, some some rotting wood or something that would allow the cat to escape or a cat that's not getting proper vet care or no veterinarian listed to be on record, they'll cite the place, but then they don't come back for another uh, year to check on right. it. And when they do come back, if it hasn't been fixed, they just cite them again. Yeah. So, so they the, just pay the fines and right. go away. They just pay the fines. They, they actually look at it as a cost of doing business. Yeah. And meanwhile, the cats are suffering and sometimes die. For years and years and years in these Where do they get them? Is it, a, is it an underground trade mm-hmm. to get your hands on a lion or a tiger? Or it is a real tight-knit one? community. Not that we want to give it away, the information. That's not <laughs> yeah. what I meant. That's not my intention with the who. question. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. There actually, until just this year, was a, um, a guide called the Animal Finder's Guide where you could literally list, you know, I'm looking for a lion or I have a lion to sell. Wow. People can go on Craigslist. It is easier to buy an exotic cat in America than it is to go to your local humane society and buy a puppy or a kitten because they actually ask information. You have to show your driver's license and that kind of thing. Wow. That's I mean, to adopt a horse out of a rescue, they come out and check your place. And I mean, there's all kinds of things. Nope. Not with cats. Uh, amazing. Wow. Yeah. Well, let's go see some of them. Let's go see them. Yeah, come on. Yay. We have a memorial wall. This is part of it. Every cat that's ever been here, whether they've been here for like, you know, three days after we rescued them and they were in such bad shape they had to be euthanized or they lived here for 20 years, they're, they get a plaque with their picture and their name and the years that they were they lived. Wow. And then, um, you know, it's the person that purchases the plaque and their remains are in here. They're all cremated after necropsy is done. No way. And so we want, you know, we want them to still be able to tell their stories. Their oh, wow. Stories, Andy, even right in front of you. Oh, missed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the big cats don't really care about the squirrels. tiny little squirrels. Yeah. Aren't they lucky, though? Not enough for br- uh, yeah, it's not worth it. No worth way. <laughs> Get stuck in their teeth. That's about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
tigers love the water, and so these two tigers actually have partial access to our tiger lake, we call it. And there is a barrier in between because you wouldn't want two male tigers to be able to touch each other. That would not, not end, end, well. end well. They were rescued from the same place a couple years ago in Colorado. But Andy can go down that side. And Seth, as you see, there's Seth. Hi, big boy. Look, he's looking up. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's beautiful. You're all careful. You drop your camera. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, no way. Right. Oh, he's beautiful. Oh, he is beautiful. Yes, he's our biggest tiger actually. He probably weighs about 500 pounds. Yeah, His name is, is Seth. He's really on? big for a tiger, isn't he? <sighs> yeah. Years ago, um, oh here comes Andy. Oh, Hi he's Andy. Come out, I tell you, but then I say that, you know, and he's, right, he's right, right. Like, I want him to do most right. of the time. Hi, big boy. That's chubby. When he comes back, that's hello and tiger. Oh, really? Look at the size of that tongue. <laughs> He's about 400 pounds. Look at those paws. Oh, uh, no. And when Jeez. you're near them, like, we have an on-site hospital. So when they were sedated, you know, you put your own hand up to their paw, and it's like a dinner plate. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, you such a good boy. For half a second, out. I thought it was just the little fence, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> right. See that paper bag down by his feet? That's not just like trash in there. Oh, what's that? It's a form of enrichment. Cats love things as simple as catnip or cinnamon in, in a uh, in a bag. Yeah, so that goes for big tube. cats too, uh -huh. not just the little yeah. ones. We have all kinds of videos so on, our, on our YouTube channel. I was going to say about things really that little cats them. like that big cats like. I, so they're enrichment. Right, exactly. Anything like that is enrichment. They have permanent enrichment, like the red ball the, that he's got in the water there or the keg. Seth's a big drinker. Yeah. <laughs> and then they get seasonal enrichment, which they get like Christmas trees at Christmas time. Oh, they get pumpkins, which, you know, they're not that excited about. But their favorite their favorite holiday would be Thanksgiving because they get mm. butterball turkeys just like oh, you or I yeah. might eat. It's my favorite too. I get it. <laughs> I get hey, Andy. it. Who's a good boy? Oh, yeah, did we wake you up? He <laughs> looks so sleepy. This way oh. <laughs> there you go. Oh, he's gorgeous. Cinnamon's yeah. actually really good for him. We he's feed all beautiful. our horses cinnamon. Really? Yep. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, and even like just long paper tubes, we'll spray spices on them, and some of them just roll around on them and drool and just have the best time. <laughs> and then what Very we do, cool. too, is we cut up, you know, a couple hundred uh, pounds of red meat every day for the food. We figured out that while the keepers are volunteers are cutting up all the red meat you know the, there's blood runoff and so we take it and we freeze it with water inside little cups make and make blood sickles <laughs> oh my gosh i love yeah. it <laughs> sometimes they're made out of fish they get like a martini sardine sardini martini oh my gosh that's hilarious sickles, but the most popular ones are the blood ones that's and it's hilarious. a really nice refreshing like you know people would like popsicles especially when it's hot but some of our older cats that need extra um liquids in their diet they get a blood sickle every single day because they lick it and it's drinking yeah. water. And how long do cats live? Right. Well, so wild big cats, exotic cats live to be about 10 to 12. But here we've had cats live all the way up to be 25. Wow. Because we have an on-site hospital. Mm -hmm. They have amazing vet care. We feed them the highest quality food. They don't have any predators trying to kill them. That's true. And they don't have to <laughs> catch their own prey. There's two bobcats up on the oh. platform there. That's Max and Marietta. Oh, they're so beautiful. See, cats are generally solitary, but it's, you're stuck in a cage for your entire life and you right. can't you know, roam like you're supposed to. It's nice to have a friend. That's true. For the smaller cats, the bobcats like it. 
we actually introduce these two. Whereas when we rescue cats, if they've lived together and they enjoy being together, we will keep them together. But of course, we don't breed. That's our main, um, you know, qualification. Yeah. So if it's a boy and a girl, we'll separate them initially and, and oh. take them to the hospital and get them spay and neutered, <laughs> and then yes, it's and most exhausting. of these cats are. are used to heat i mean they're, they're mm -hmm. they live in africa and they used to right. heat, right so right. the heat here isn't a problem no we have two canadian links and of course they're used to canadian right. canada weather and so they have an inside air conditioned area that they can go into but they really aren't in there very much so i know house cats sleep a lot so i'm yes. assuming the same is true for uh -huh. big cats they sleep about 20 hours a day oh my gosh yep. that's the life i know, <laughs> I know what Are i want to come back as breezes, breezes <laughs> off the uh, and they like being up high and being able to see everything yeah house cat. yeah <laughs> this is awesome so i always tell people that you know wow. as a sanctuary everything we do the cats come first so you're going to see the cats as we walk around that want to be seen at that exact moment that we walk by their enclosure. Do you use a lot of volunteers here or not? Yes, yeah. we're almost an exclusively volunteer run. We only have about 15 paid staff people. Oh, that's a great name. Here oh, she comes. Coming. Hi. Gosh, y'all are going to think I'm like the cat whisperer. Yeah, it looks you like it. Me. Usually they don't come for me I'm like that. Right. I don't feed them, so I'm not that exciting. Right. You know? <laughs> so sometimes you see videos of people who you know, have a very close relationship with a, a cat that they've raised themselves, mm -hmm. and I see them rolling around with them and all right. of that stuff. I mean, right. is there a point where they do get that tame and that domesticated? Nope. That yeah. doesn't happen. And they're so strong. They're 12 times stronger than people. Oof. So, you know, even if they did actually like you and they just lovingly kind of right. you know, swatted you, they could literally break your neck. Yeah. So... Those kind of people, so we note really, to self. yeah, we just roll our <laughs> eyes and, and hope that, you know, nothing happens to those people, obviously. But it really sends the wrong message that these cats yeah. can be tamed, that they can be pets. Yeah. These are alpha predators. They are the top of the food chain. They want to kill you. All right, we are in front of Keisha. Tell us a little bit about Keisha right now. Okay. Keisha, as you notice, is missing most of her tail. She came from a horrible place in New York, a small town called Sinclairville. And as we talked about USDA licenses earlier, her owner actually had her USDA license taken away, which is almost unheard of. It's really easy, super easy to get a USDA license, but it's really hard to have them taken away. So you know that she was one of the worst of the worst if she had her license taken away. But rather than relinquish her cats, she had her daughter sign up for a USDA license that started all over and again. And passed the cats. Yep, how many, the cats how many animals her. were in her possession? She probably had at least a dozen. We initially were going to take in four tigers. Because, again, when tigers need to be rescued or whatever cat it is, we don't have room to take them all in. And it's a huge financial expense of course. as well. So we agreed to take four in. Um, these cats were living in deplorable conditions when our rescuers actually went up there to pick them up in a big uh, semi-trailer. And they were living with rock, like gravelly floor. So they didn't mm. have a nice, comfortable place to lay down. They really could have broken out Probably had they tried. Too. Very yeah. hard, yes. A lot of these places have cement, but I'd never seen rocks before. So when we got up there, um, the woman had just abandoned the cats. They were all starving to death. Oh, my gosh. Once the USDA. I know. Um, you've seen that with horses. Yeah, now. Well, what happened was, um, I kind of skipped that part, was when her daughter got the USDA license, she um, had a fight with her daughter, and the daughter said, I'm not going to renew it, you know, forget you. And so the authorities in this city in New York wanted to make an example. And so they got with, um, I think it was the Humane Society of the United States, to figure out who can take these cats. And she had wolves, she had bears, what? she had a, a whole collection of animals. 
So we got up there, assuming we were going to take in four tigers. One had already passed away from starvation. Uh, the three that were left were skin and bones, very skinny. Keisha was missing her tail. Zeus would have had a real weird eye problem. His eye was all glazed over. And Kimba was in such bad shape that when we brought her back, we actually had to euthanize her about two weeks later. She had was in complete kidney failure. She was the oldest of the three. Wow. So they, most of the cats here have come from horrible conditions. And these aren't like the weird exceptions. This is the norm in America for people who keep these cats, whether it's a pets, a roadside zoo, just a collection, etc. This woman was breeding her cats. Uh, Keisha, who you see here, is actually the sister and daughter of Zeus. Oh, jeez. A lot of inbreeding. It's a lot cheaper to breed your own tigers when you want to have them than to actually go purchase more. So animals the same as people, inbreeding bad. Inbreeding is very bad, very <laughs> okay. bad, yes, yes. All right. So now, as far as feeding all of these animals, what do they eat? They are obligate carnivores, which means they have to eat meat, and that's the only thing they eat. They could care less about vegetables. Yeah, they really don't like broccoli. I no, don't either, they'd be so fine I'm on the Atkins diet yeah. for like their, their whole life, exactly. <laughs> I thought I had trouble getting my six-year-old to eat meat. <laughs> vegetable. <laughs> right, right. Now she's going to tell you, I'm a tiger. I don't eat vegetables. <laughs> exactly. Um, so we go through about three, four hundred pounds of red meat a day. Whoa. They, wow. Meat a day. They don't eat just red meat. You know, they eat turkey, they eat chicken, they eat rabbits, they eat rats, anything that's that's meat, that's protein, if you think about it. I saw a squirrel run right in front of the one's nose, and it didn't do a thing. It just laid there. <laughs> he like, tries to get, we try to get on. an appetizer, a squirrel. <laughs> right. We, we do feed them every single day, so they're really oh, not, no, no, you know, no. extra hungry. And some of them are actually picky eaters, believe it or not. Okay, I have to ask because I'm a horse person, and, you know, I've cleaned up after horses for 30 oh, years. Oh, boy, I know it's coming. So, obviously, there's cat cleanup, too. Do you clean the cages every day? Right. I don't, personally. <laughs> <All right. laughs> But um, yes, that's something if you're a volunteer here or one of our interns, right? You're definitely on poop patrol. It's kind of over for the day now. We might see somebody walking around, but of course we never go inside the enclosures. That would be not only crazy dangerous, but also just disrespectful of the cats because there are places where people will go in or they'll touch the cats. We think that sends the wrong message. But no matter how large an enclosure a tiger has or even in the wild their territory, they will mark their territory every single day with urine and feces within about 10 feet of the edge. So here, what we do is our, our people walk around. They have a 10-foot pole with a hook on the end. When they spot some feces, they drag it towards them with a the pole. A massive pooper scooper. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, that works. There you go. <laughs> yes, yes. So every single enclosure is cleaned every single day. So you have to buy all that food, too. Care yes, and upkeep for this must be an incredible place. Is, are you funded donations? How does all that work? Just donations. We're a 50C3 you know, nonprofit, so we get no government funding or anything. We're strictly by donations. And we do have tours of the sanctuary every afternoon except for Thursdays. So some of that, of course, pays for it as well, but mainly it is through private donations. Our food bill annually is $200,000. It costs about $10,000 a year for one tiger or lion, the biggest of the cats, to um, have food and vet care. And what's the employee to, to volunteer ratio? I'm not a math person, but we have about 15 paid staff and about 130 volunteers. Wow. So 10%. Our founder, Carol, has realized, you know, over the years that people love exotic cats. And whether they live locally here in the Tampa Bay area and they want to volunteer, you know, commute, or they want to be an intern, they live on the property for three months and they apply to come here and be an intern, you know, we don't have to pay people to take care of the cats. She only has to pay people to do things like public relations, marketing, finance, all that kind of stuff. Is there a favorite? I know you have cams too, right? Cameras? Oh, yes. We have a lot of cameras. A lot of webcams. People can watch Mm -hmm. them. Yes, yes. Is there a favorite? 
Is there one that people tend to gravitate toward? Uh, really depends. We have a new Jaguar. He's new to us. He just oh. got here in December, and we're actually headed that way in a minute. I want to show you Manny. Oh, so and he has just become, oh, just our hearts just stopped when he came out of his transport cage. He is amazing and intense and just stares at you. Oh, my gosh. So beautiful. Okay. Has the movie caused everybody to ask if you have a panther? Black Panther. <laughs> She's only seen it 12 times. Oh, so. like 12. I've, only seen, I've seen it once, and it was really good. But you know what's funny? As soon as I sat down, and I was like, oh, that's why it's yep. called Panther. Oh, no. Because people are going to start doing There's actually no cat called a panther, really? especially even a black panther. Like, we, we used to get that all the time. What do you have yeah. any black panthers? Is it a puma? Is it a, what is it? It's a leopard. A leopard. The only black cats are either leopards or jaguars. But to make things the more confusing. The movie was lying to us. I feel like ev- the whole world <laughs> is wrong. Panthera. This time we're going to find out the earth is flat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the word panthera is kind of an overarching word for exotic cats. So that's kind of oh, where I they got it. That. And then, of course, to make things more confusing, here in Florida, we do call our cougars yeah. panthers. Panthers, right. So, yes. But just straight out panthers. I mean, there's a sports team and everything. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Yes. We, that all lies. All lies. <laughs> including us, of the people in this country go, why? I know, exactly. Right. And that's why, you know, we're, we are working really hard to pass this I really this don't federal want a bill. lion in my backyard. Right. And we think once, once we actually get <laughs> to a vote in the House on this, the last time something similar was passed, like in 2003, it passed unanimously well, because people are like, it? right. I mean, it's kind of an easy one for the congressman. Not, well, not really. You'd be surprised when people lobbying against every day it by the, votes that I see. Yeah. I know. So yeah, exactly. There was one in Louisiana a couple of days ago that I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, no, things are, yeah, especially oh, right now, things are crazy. <laughs> like, oh, especially involved animals. Involved yeah. animals. And I could mm-hmm. not believe 10 people voted against it. It was, yeah, it no. was mind-boggling. We have the oh, same no. thing on the horse side. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing with yeah. the Mustangs. We, um... We go up, you know, a group of us every year to the Humane Society of the United States. Actually, every other year they have a, they have a big conference taking action for animals. And the last couple of times, there's, you know, bills that are about to be close to being pushed over the edge, federal bills to be passed, are the ones that we talk about to the different Congress people, the senators and, and the House reps mm-hmm. that day. Oh, Manny, look at you. Oh, you're Why, he's a favorite. He is beautiful. Yeah, he's stunning. You're a we hero. just got him in December. Oh, he's goodness. actually from. Um, from a zoo in, in Omaha that decided they weren't going to ex- exhibit him anymore. And so luckily, they wanted to find a sanctuary that was accredited by the Global Federation of Animal Sanctuaries, such as such as us. Uh-huh. So we agreed to take him in, as well as an Amur leopard that are highly endangered. And she's around the other corner. Oh, look oh at him. Look, look, gosh. It's amazing dead. to me how cat characteristics they have from the little oh, cats yeah. to the big cats. Yeah, I say a cat is a cat is a cat. Yeah. Yep. Just they have the so same much. looks, this whole same uh-huh. look and oh, everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you see how he's got a pretty short tail. Oh, and he's peeing. You know, and yes, he's peeing. Oh, he's marking his territory because we're a little close. It's so quiet back here. It's hard to believe that you're in the city. I mean. Yeah. Where's my girl? This is my favorite cat. Risa! Oh, here she comes! Risa! Oh, there she is. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. She's my girl. <laughs> she likes you. Where's my baby? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Where's my baby? She actually was declawed as a baby and they botched the job. So her claws are always growing in under the skin in weird directions. Oh, poor thing. Hi, sweetie. Hi, oh, my she's love. She's so pretty. Wow. What is she again? She's, she's a cougar, she's which a is cougar? the same cat as a 
mountain lion, a Florida panther, a puma, a catamount, a screamer. Throughout North America, they have about 10, 15 different names, amazingly. So we're at our final stop here before we call it a day at Big Cat Rescue. And so we saw a couple of your favorites. Tell us about your favorites. <laughs> and they showed off today, too. <laughs> yes, we did. I'm really chatty being the PR director here, I guess. <laughs> and so the two cats that are my favorite cats are both really chatty, too. We saw Risa, who's an elderly cougar. She's about 23 years old, and with, with cougars or any exotic cats, you times their age by six to equal human age, so you can see how old she is. Oh, yeah. And uh, she walked around for us. She came from horrible conditions. She'd actually been declawed as a baby, probably not by a vet and without anesthesia. Mm. We actually have to sedate her once a year and have her nails clipped and that kind of thing. Do you have a vet clinic here or a vet to come we in We have here? a full hospital. Oh, it's do you? It's a full state-of-the-art hospital, yes. We can do x-rays. We can do man... Uh, so surgeries you know. here, the whole thing. They yep, don't have to leave yep. here. Right, exactly. It's only been open about three years for the really big cats the closest place until we had our own hospital was the university of gainesville two hours from here wow. oh wow so it was a long drive and, and that's you know, a lot of sedation yeah. uh, <laughs> what is something or, yeah. uh, well generally we, didn't, we don't sedate them to go in the transport but it's just it's very stressful on a cat right. especially Absolutely. a sick cat that uh, if they're taking them to the hospital to get them checked out means they don't feel well in the first place right and you know with most cats that don't like to be in a car or in, in transport and i I see that, you know, a lot of your, your, gosh, your cats have such a story behind them. And that story can come with some pretty sad consequences for them physically. And it takes a lot for, it takes a certain kind of person to want to care for these kind of cats and, and be here. So where do you guys find all your volunteers? And they're such wonderful, special people, I imagine. So where do they come from? Absolutely. Uh, we really are dependent on volunteers and interns to run the facility. We couldn't do it with just the 15 or so paid uh, staff members that we have. And locally here in the Tampa Bay area, we have about 130 um, different volunteers. And the minimum requirement is four hours a week. You can, of course, volunteer for more than that. And some people have been here for years. We have some volunteers that have been here for like 20 years. Wow. We're always looking for new people. You can learn a lot about our volunteer program if you um, literally bigcatrescue.org slash volunteers. And then we have an interim program where people apply from all over the world for three-month periods to come and stay here. Hmm. And a lot of them, they won't leave. They'll, they'll re-up for level two, level <laughs> three, level four. On purpose, or they end up in one of the cages? Uh. <laughs> no, they want to stay. They just fall in love with Tampa. Yeah, yeah. Some of them move here, and then they get, wow. you know, quote-unquote real jobs and become volunteers. <laughs> so um, it's really important. And they do all of the cat, um, cat care, which is cleaning the cats, uh, you know, working in the gift shop, raking, mowing. And guess uh, the really fast, fun one is, you know, cleaning up the poop Good every day. Yes. <laughs> How did you get involved right. here? How did you come to, come to be here? I've actually been the PR director here for eight years. And I was with an advertising and PR agency here in Tampa that uh, Carol Baskin and her husband, Howard Baskin, approached uh, in like 2003 about changing the name. It used to be called Wildlife on Easy Street, which doesn't even tell you what kind of animals no, there are. <laughs> it could be interpreted a lot no, of different ways. ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There, there is some of that in Tampa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yes, exactly. It was a, was a bar or something. <laughs> so I came up with a new logo and that kind of thing. And I always stayed in touch with Howard and Carol. And then in early 2000, actually late 2010, um, you know, I was kind of in between jobs and they needed a PR person. They finally got to the point where that financially they could afford a PR person. So it just well, worked out perfect. They got a good one. They did. Oh, we, we, have to, we have to end today with the story of your water kitty. 
that we just saw. Oh, Priya. Yeah. Princess Priya. Princess Priya. She's a tigress and she is just amazing. She loves swimming in the water. She did it for us. We're going to post that video on our Facebook page. She was cutie. She was having a good time. She was splashing around. She loves it. In the morning, she swims pretty much every day. Uh, She's been here about a year and a half. She came from a horrible place in Colorado. The man actually owned, believe it or not, 75 tigers. Oh my God. 30 other smaller cats and about 14 bears. It's unreal that this is going on. Yes, yes. People have no idea. And that's why, you know, we like to get information out and have people like you share it with your listeners to let people know this is happening. And that's why we want to pass the Big Cat Public Safety Act. And the best thing people can do if they want to help is actually text CATS, C-A-T-S, to 52886. And they'll get a text back from us with a link. And you put the link in and you just put your name and address. It'll automatically dial your house of representative. An aide will answer the phone. You just tell them, hey, I live in Florida and I don't think these cats should be kept in cages. They shouldn't be bred for lifetimes in cages to be abused and all the crazy things that you've heard these cats that have gone through before they got here. What was that number again, real quick? It's Katex Cats, C-A-T-S, to Uh 52886. And what's the bill called again? The Big Cat Public Safety Act. And what is that accomplishing? What will it do? It will actually stop people from breeding these cubs and having the, the public have direct contact with the cub. Instead, it will say, if you have a cub, it has to be 15 feet away from a person. So that d- denotes all the people that want to have, you know, hold a little tiger cub or have their daughter hold a tiger cub. So they breed them picture, for a photo right, op for right, they're a bred few for months. Photo ops yeah. for, exactly, for yeah. three months. Right. And you guys don't only just rescue big cats, we found out. You guys also help rescue little teeny weeny ones. Tell us yes, about that. Yes, because we're in Tampa. We have an arrangement with our local Tampa Bay, um, Humane Society of Tampa Bay and we foster domestic kittens. And so we have had about 600 kittens go through our oh program my in the last three or four years. They, um, Did they get nervous. Being here? No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just Inferiority yeah. issues. Oh, no. <laughs> They're kittens. They think they run the world. That's true. Know? No matter That's what true. size they are. You're right. You're right. right. In fact, it's really exciting because, um, you know, generally they're dropped off at the Humane Society and Humane Societies around the country, right. you know, one or two days old, generally without their mothers either. And so they would get sick. They would die. They don't yeah. have the resources to, you know, bottle feed them every two hours. Right. And we do. We have interns who live here on the property. They go home at night and they're literally assigned a kitten and it's their kitten until it gets two pounds and is adoptable and goes oh back to the main society. Oh, I had cool. to figure out how, to, how do I volunteer from four hours away. <laughs> yeah. And when you have a break, you're more than welcome to go into the kitten cabana and play with the kitties. And play with the kitties and socializes awesome. them. Yeah. All the cats that get adopted out, they all get adopted out from the main society because they're so used to being around people. They're not skittish or scared. That's really cool. Now, I yeah, have to ask, what because cool. your pin says, ask me about the call of the wild. What is the call of the wild? <laughs> That's the call of the wild. The, the texting cat. Oh! Yeah, yeah. oh! We call that the call of the wild. There you go. Next Very when good. You, you'll see that when somebody texts, they'll see what we call it the cat of the wild. How much support does this bill have? Is it, you know? It's doing really well. Right now in the house, we have 115 people who have co-sponsored the bill, which is amazing. And uh, it continues to get more and more, um, you know, interest from the different... House of Representative members. So we are hopeful that, you know, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but in the next few years, that it will come to a vote in the House. And once it gets to the floor and they vote on it, we think it will definitely pass. Because like you said earlier, you know, how is this even happening in America? How are these cats living in, you know, horrible conditions generally in backyards? Terrible. People, there's, there's no exact number of how many of these cats are in people's backyards or living in roadside zoos in America. But it's estimated between ten and twenty thousand. Wow! wow. Again, huge. I didn't know. 
Right. And that's why we do these tours. We try to educate people on the plight of these cats in America, as well as what's going on with conservation and helping, you know, wild cats. What's the website? BigCatRescue.org. Thank you, Susan. You've been (laughs) awesome. Thank you. Thank you for protecting and conserving Florida's iconic wildlife.